Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, traders, wherever you may be on planet Earth. We're coming at you with the 52nd episode of the Performante podcast. We got a jam-packed episode discussing if we think this Bitcoin bull market is over. We're going to be diving into the Elon Musk drama a little bit deeper and talking about Bitcoin dominance and the overall outlook for the Bitcoin bull market. And we just have a, a couple of tidbits of advice and insight from people that have been around for a Bitcoin bull market and how to fully capitalize. And so without any further ado, I appreciate your time and I'll pass it on over to Keith. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another podcast. We really appreciate you joining in. First topic of discussion for uh, for this podcast is the question, is the Bitcoin bull run over? We have been kind of talking about the series of lower lows and lower highs that we've been seeing within the past couple of podcasts. Obviously, we haven't really seen much movement really in many of the alts. Uh, I know some of them, like Cardano, has been doing really well. It has pulled back a little bit, but it did hit a major milestone of $2 recently, which is pretty unbelievable. I remember it being less than a dollar, like, not too long ago. So um, there are some uh, alts pumping and moving, but overall, we are seeing a slight stagnation, consolidation within the overall cryptocurrency market. But in our opinion, now is the time to be looking to add to positions if you have not already positioned yourself to really capitalize on this lucrative bull run. So then if you're looking at alts that you think that you wish you were in a while back, this is the time to be looking at potential opportunities because this um, consolidation, while many people do think it is unfortunate because they aren't making money on their main alts, we look at it as an opportunity because this is kind of what we view as like the halftime show. Um, Elon's actually making a pretty good show of it, to be completely honest. But um, this is kind of like the halfway point before we get the final parabolic move where a lot of individuals are going to get shaken out. They're going to be very, very um, sad, in my opinion, later on in the year when we do see the full potential of this bull run and then the massive parabolic push that we are... Be uh, continuing to believe come into fruition so at this point right now we are remaining patient at, at this point because we don't really have a confirmation on a technical level not really anything in terms of the fundamentals but we are remaining patient for that opportunity where we're in, when, when we inevitably see that reversal and that massive push come in because there is going to be in my opinion when there is a reversal a very aggressive reversal that's going to be the point where we're going to be looking at either leverage opportunities or looking at either just buying some more BTC because the upcoming kind of next cycle, in my opinion, is going to mimic the first initial part where we saw the BTC dominance rise. Bitcoin was taking charge in the market and then alts followed suit. And that was kind of in the fall of 2020, kind of like the September, October, especially November. BTC was really gaining a lot of confidence, a lot of market share back. And then we saw the alts rally after we've already established that we're in a bull run because of BTC as what we call uh, the number one key player in a market. Um, for example, with the metals, gold would be the number one key player and we view BTC as that asset. So in my opinion, remaining patient and uh, we can talk a little bit more about the Elon Musk drama, which is in our opinion, the halftime show. Yeah, 100%. This is the time, just like Keith said, to be adding the adding to those positions and certainly not taking away from them. 
it could be the time to even uh, double down, sell everything, change your wife, if you know what I mean, get your cash up, buy some crypto. Because ultimately, you will always want to enter when it's red. That's one of the key components to success in crypto is you want to buy the blood because in my opinion, money in crypto is determined by when you buy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really matter where you sell because providing your buys are smart, you're going to be up in profit in no time. It's just a matter of kind of having that conviction, the consistency to buy periodically and just to maintain that, maintain that over the course of a bull run. Just like he said, this is the halftime show, baby. Don't get shaken out of the tree. This is when, uh, I, I want to say the crypto veterans, maybe that's too cliche. We've been around the block. We've seen this. We've seen that. And this, might I say, even within the realm of crypto, is a pretty mild dip. There's been days where I've seen it go 40 or 50% down in a single daily candle, and yes, Elon Musk is kicking up a fuss on Twitter, but within the grand scheme of things, this is just shaking up the tree. I think all the people who are panicked now are more of the newer investors who haven't been around for these micro bear markets, let's call it. Mm -hmm. And it's these people that really bought between now, mid-May, and late February. Those are the ones who are really hurting because likely they're in the red. And so I think that's a contributing factor is market cap has grown so exponentially that ultimately there is a lot of inexperienced and novice investors currently in positions that they probably loved when they're green, but probably don't love when they're red. And I think that's really contributing to kind of the high level of fear and uncertainty in the market is too many people joined the market too fast, and I don't think they were fully prepared for the implied volatility that crypto can bring, as well as, let's call it the psychological torture that if you're not prepared for it. <laughs> Very true, especially people who are coming from the traditional stock market. You see five, three, maybe even 10% days if um, you're holding, let's say, a little bit more of a volatile stock. If you're in very small uh, or even micro caps, obviously, it's a completely different realm. But for the, I guess you could say, the um, intellectual value investor, seeing these types of massive pullbacks in their eyes is unseen. Um, seeing a 20% pullback and a 20% reduction in the market cap is a massive, massive deal when you're looking at a huge blue chip company. But with BTC, it is just a regular week. Um, and it's uh, something that I think it takes a little bit of time to get used to, especially if you do have significant amounts of capital allocated in cryptocurrencies. I think it just kind of numbs you if you've been in it for years because you see the dips, you see the downs, but you also see the massive gains that come with it. So there's going to be kind of a, a two sides in any situation. Those blue chips that we that we just talked about, yeah, they might only go down 5, 10%, but you're probably going to get like 7, 10, 12% a year. 20% is like a massive deal that year maybe. But then in crypto, you can get 2, 3, 5 x's not percentages so you know every side has or every coin has each side uh, the good and the bad the positive and the negative a lot of think i think a lot of people are accepting the positive uh, without really fully understanding the negative that comes with having these massive pushes to the upside because you know you know we were at 30k in let's say january of 2021 and then we hit over 60k um, and, and a lot of people having something double 
is not really something that happens often. So then they see the upside, they're all happy, they're all excited, and then they're, they're assuming that the Bitcoin bull run or Bitcoin bull run doesn't really take dips. Like they might not look at the BLX or look what happened kind of in mid 2017 where we did have 30% pullbacks throughout a bull run and um, getting a little bit of perspective, like we always say is a very positive thing. So talking a little bit about Elon Musk drama, a lot of obviously a lot of people do think that he is a major stakeholder in BTC, but relatively he actually doesn't hold that much in terms of percentage. Uh, Tesla holds around 0.2% of the total market cap. So relatively, even if he does dump every single last uh, cryptocurrency asset he has, it wouldn't necessarily to take a, a huge chunk um, in terms of the market cap. Uh, to the downside, I think that there's not going to be that much BTC in the overall market if he does want to liquidate his entire position. So it really wouldn't really affect it too much. Obviously, the buying did, um, but then that's obviously the hype that goes into it as well. People hear Elon and Tesla's buying Bitcoin and other people want to buy it as well. And it's going to be somewhat similar on the sell side. But uh, at, the, at, at the point in time with the bull run, I think there's going to be more incentives to buy BTC than to sell because we've seen the massive appreciation that we've had. So um, pretty unbelievable. If you look at 0.2% uh, just objectively, that's a, a significant amount of this asset. But you look at it in a logical standpoint, if he does liquidate his entire position, it's not going to be like it's detrimental for Bitcoin or the overall cryptocurrency market. Yeah, and I want to say, given explicitly just how obvious he's tweeting it, like he's basically agreed with someone that if Elon doesn't believe in Bitcoin, then Tesla should sell all of it. And he said something like agreed or like fair point or something like that. So I want to say that the market dipping down to lows at 42,000 on this downward push is basically pricing in that effective comment from Elon in kind of the overall trajectory of where we're heading right now because it seems like all the action is happening on twitter elon elon's been replying to a lot of different crypto influencers like documenting bitcoin uh, crypto whale and uh, a couple other like ones like pomp and so it's kind of interesting like he's not tweeting himself but he's reading and replying to others so Clearly, he's uh, reading some of the things being said about him because holy fuck, crypto Twitter is absolutely lighting him up. It is unbelievable seeing how many people are actually just tweeting at him with like massive threads, just with not even like insults, just like consistently derogatory comments being like, did you even research this? Do you know anything about money? Yeah. You, you made no money on PayPal, you got carried. And just saying, like, obviously the Bitcoin maxis are so salty that their uh, their patron spirit, Elon Musk, has betrayed them because the way that some of the people are behaving on Twitter and personally attacking him is absolute insanity. There's one crypto person who got a, or got a reply from Elon Musk and they got something like 400 death and they got they got like personally doxxed and stuff like that so obviously there's a a lot of money involved in this situation because it cryptocurrency especially bitcoin has rapidly evolved into a trillion dollar asset class and i think it's also fueled some emotions from the people who may or may not be victims in that situation mm -hmm. definitely it's um something that i think is can be not funny, but um, it is 
in my opinion, it will blow over. And I think this will be a point in time where a lot of people are kind of pointing fingers. But it's pretty unbelievable how quickly people can change viewpoints on um, people like Elon Musk, right? Um, let's say a month or two months ago, you know, everyone beloved Elon Musk. He was our savior. And now he's getting threats that he is completely inadequate to understand anything about money. Um, I did see that uh, thread of uh, tweets as well. Someone actually talked about how he hasn't really contributed too much and how any none of his companies have actually profited or um, been a, a very profitable company, I guess, is, is what they're implying, which is... I guess you could say in some part true, um, but then at the end of the day, he's an extremely individual, uh, intellectual individual and innovative individual. And I don't think you can really take that away from him. But um, yeah, a lot of people are really hating and it makes sense um, to some degree because not only is he saying that, you know, BTC is not great because it is not environmentally friendly. Well, you know, how is your cars made for one? Um, where does that come from? And, and the second thing, um, kind of unrelated, but very related to crypto is not only is he attacking BTC, but he's attaching himself to Dogecoin. And obviously everyone knows that Dogecoin is absolutely mo mooning, but it is something that has not been worked on. It has no developers or development. Um, and he's still not even interested, but promoting the project and, um, I guess he's thinking about potentially talking to the developers, which there are none, which is a little bit odd. Um, so I think there's just a lack of knowledge on his part on maybe what Doge exactly is or like, um, I'm not exactly sure what his thoughts are, but the fact that he's attaching himself onto something that was a joke to start off with, has no actual developers behind it or team or actual potential use case in the future is kind of a little bit of a slap in the face to every single owner of a project who spent, let's say, years developing it, fine-tuning it, and trying to find a good market fit because Dogecoin did none of that, yet they have market cap larger than a lot of financial institutions. So there's a little bit of a misrepresentation um, of where capital should be flowing in order to further develop the sector of blockchain instead of people injecting all their capital in something that is a complete joke. So um, not great for the two different uh, things that beat are for that Elon is doing attacking Bitcoin and promoting something that in my opinion should not be promoted. Yeah, 100%. It seems kind of redundant and contrary to how he perceived cryptocurrency before. And ultimately, it seems like he has a large financial stake in Doge. And so he's heavily invested in that currency beyond what he leads the public to believe where he says fate loves irony and stuff like that but he's actively going out of his way to try and revive what i think many people in the community would consider a dead project it's kind of sus who knows what's act who, who knows what's actually going through elon's head maybe elon doesn't even know what's going through elon's head but the next thing we wanted to discuss here was about Bitcoin dominance and kind of the trajectory of where we've been in this past uh, bull market for 12 months and where we're going to finish off this bull market. And so I think one thing that is an interesting metric is Bitcoin dominance. It is a percentage number for how much of the total cryptocurrency market cap is controlled by Bitcoin. 
it's a very valuable metric when you're talking about alt season or Bitcoin season, because in essence, when Bitcoin dominance goes down, that means alt market cap is going up proportionally. And when Bitcoin dominance is going up, then Bitcoin is gaining market cap relative to alts. And so that paints a pretty simple picture of dominance down alt season, dominance up Bitcoin season. Mm -hmm. And so recently we basically touched all the way down to uh, the 40% level, I think is a really important level to watch because that is basically the lowest we got to during the 2017 alt season. And so that's where we're at right now. And I think that kind of signifies like an alt season exhaustion in some sense. Uh, and I think when you're kind of looking at it from a technical perspective, we've found the bottom within like the long, long macro term chart. And that kind of indicates a reversal. But when you think about it from the fundamental perspective, we're in a time of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Right after a massive alt season where things are up literally over thousands of percent. And so in some sense, that kind of makes the alts overvalued. And now we've suffered a big hit on Bitcoin and it's fallen a lot more than other alts. We have undervalued Bitcoin and we have overvalued alts. We have Bitcoin dominance near an all-time low. And so my personal prediction and kind of how I perceive the next little bit to go is Bitcoins and the rest of the crypto market is going to be in a sideways consolidation form a trading range for around a month before we see Bitcoin dominance start to climb. And this will be uh, the push that takes us over $100,000 and uh, brings Bitcoin dominance perhaps up to highs close to 70. But ultimately, I think we are going to see a Bitcoin dominated push. We're going to set that all time high for the bull run. And then we are going to have the greatest bull or the greatest alt season of all time. Just like we've seen, Bitcoin makes that push like we saw towards the tail end of 2020, heading into 2021. And then all the value flow out of Bitcoin. Like BNB topped out at like whatever, $685. Ethereum reached 3600 I believe. Oh, sorry, 4400 And so ultimately, I think we are going to see that outflow from an overvalued Bitcoin into an undervalued alt. And it's just going to continue that ebb and flow that we've seen between Bitcoin dominance and an alt-friendly market. So just to summarize, quick little one-month consolidation, Bitcoin market, altcoin season to finish this bull run towards the tail end of 2021. And I think personally around November and December is when we'll set those highs. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely on the same boat on that one. And then for people who are able to look at the chart that is currently shown on the screen, if you can't, just go to btc.d on TradingView uh, for the ticker, and you'll be able to see the market cap BTC dominance chart, which is the chart that we're currently talking about. And in 2017, we've seen something like this as well, where we see a massive initial rally from the alts after bitcoin has presented that we are in a bull market that is always going to be the first sign because btc is the leader of the entire cryptocurrency market and from there we have a series of bitcoin dominance increases and then alt season throughout the bull run and like um we just discussed there we just had a massive altcoin bullish push so in terms of where we currently are right now it makes total sense it does not mean that we are um 
taking all the money out of our alts and put it into BTC. Definitely not because staking definitely <laughs> it has some pretty unbelievable gains. But if we're looking at this from a larger perspective, it just means that we are positioning ourselves to be more patient and look for the undervalued alts because there is going to be a later point in time where we get that last final push, kind of like we saw in 2017 because like for example, in the start of December, we were having a BTC dominance of 68%, which is pretty high. And at the end of December, it was at 36%. That's how quickly the altcoin market can rise in terms of a market cap compared to Bitcoin. So it can be short, it can be extremely aggressive, and you don't want to miss on it, on it because that is probably going to be like two thirds or more of the actual percent gain. Because when you're in parabolic pushes, everyone who got out in this current shakeout is going to get back in thinking that it's just going to continue um, and that's where they get shaken out again and then they hate crypto because they lost money twice first time they bought in summer they got shaken out when we're probably going to see a further dump they might sell and then when they probably get in at like 150 or 200k um, it's probably going to dump again and then they're going to be even that much more chapped so Hopefully that's not you. Hopefully you are paying attention. Hopefully you're listening to the podcast and our YouTube channel or, or, or viewing our YouTube channel consistently. So you're able to get a good understanding of really the longer term perspective approach to really capitalize in the cryptocurrency market. So talking a little bit about what might happen after, um, obviously with altcoins, and also BTC moving to the downside. Doesn't matter if you're staking or not, or if you're even mining, um, it's gonna be a very, very difficult place to make money. So some of the ways that are really, really useful in the cryptocurrency market utilizing DeFi is staking stable coins like BUSD, or if you're comfortable with Tether, USDT. Obviously this doesn't create unbelievable gains, but it beats extracting your money from the markets putting in your bank and getting 0.01 or even negative interest rates if you're living in Europe. So these are potentially flexible or fixed uh, rate terms where you can get 5%, 6% on Binance and potentially other uh, exchanges have better percentages. But this is the potential opportunities that we are looking at after we actually extract money and we want to leave it on the exchanges. So then at a later point where we are looking to inject that capital that we've made from the previous bull run into the lows for the next bull run, it's already relevant, uh, ready and available for us to utilize. So that's in short kind of how we're going to position ourselves. And then from the lows, staking and utilizing that double compounding effect if you are not using it already definitely get on that DeFi has some pretty unbelievable advantages as you being your own bank and not only allowing institutions to partake in that very lucrative endeavor so um, hopefully we're able to uh, continue to be a part of your journey in the cryptocurrency markets throughout that whole time but we'll definitely be pumping out information. So if you do want to learn and educate yourself throughout the multi-cycles that we are having per Fermonte, um, definitely please do so. So the last thing we want to talk about is buying BTC before the halving. And I think uh, Nathan has some really good points on that. Yeah, 100%. I think it's kind of the most ideal way to play the market is to position yourself from bottom to top. Trading in and out is great, but ultimately you're going to make more potential profit if you stay consistent and you basically hold from the bottom to the top. So I think 
at least personally, I, uh, I scope out when the havings are and I've got uh, reminders in my Google calendar, 18 months, 12 months and six months before the having just as uh, basically brutal reminders. I think my 18th month one says start buying Bitcoin, you lazy fuck. <laughs> just to uh, keep myself on my toes, because ultimately that's when you want to be accumulating. Because it's the kind of kind of thing where it has the momentum. It has the upside. Timing it perfectly is very challenging to do consistently. And so when you're playing around the having and you know that supply demand shift is changing, just don't take the risk. Just start accumulating. Play the long-term game. And I think at this point in the, like when you're starting to accumulate, starting to stack is when you want to figure out your passive income options. So just to list off some of the setups that I have, I have a crypto.com visa. I have the Royal Indigo one. So that's like a 3% cashback paid in CRO, a 12% yearly stake on my $5,000 altcoin investment with crypto.com. I stake BNB on the trust wallet. I have a cake farm. I have some horizon nodes. I also have BlockFi set up. You can use the the affiliate code Performante to receive some free Bitcoin when you do sign up with BlockFi. And I think it's during that point when you're accumulating that if you set up some additional income streams on top of the crypto that you already have, you're really putting yourself in the optimal position to profit because you're letting compound interest work twice you are getting more of something that's appreciating in value. And the only thing better than compound interest once is compound interest twice. They say it's the 13th wonder of the world. Well, I guess this is the 13th and the 14th. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that's just the way it is. When you play long-term games in a long-term industry where you can witness and more, not necessarily predict and expect the long-term cycles, but you have a very strong hypothesis as for what's going to happen based both on history and also the supply dynamics of the market, you can kind of attune yourself to the bull market. Because every bull run is different, but there's always opportunities to adapt and profit. So kind of just like a, a flash from the past year, in the 2016 and 2017 bull market, I think ICOs were a major influence on the overall like scheme within the market there were so many greedy people chasing massive wins there are so many scam coins shout out bitconnect for example <laughs> that had <laughs> that had massive implications for the market and i think we're seeing a similar situation now with meme coins and idos is um this market euphoria where people get irrationally greedy and they want those gains and measly 30 percent gains on bitcoin aren't good enough and they need to go a thousand x two thousand x whatever it may be and i think that's an interesting parallel is that it's this it's the same greed it's just taken a different form cryptos used to be really complicated to make uh, especially in 2017 when the ethereum blockchain and decentralized applications weren't as fleshed out as they are now but now in 2021, you can just hop on BSC token gen and make it make a shit coin in about five minutes. That's the easy part now. Now the hard part is marketing these small projects. And I think that's where people are really capitalizing on the ideas of social media culture and memes mm -hmm. is fuck it. Let's make a come rocket coin. Let's make a come inu. 
whatever that may mean, right? I think it's people just cashing in on that social media marketing momentum. Definitely. But that doesn't mean that you can't profit as well. Um, you got to be careful. There are significant risks in investing or trading these meme coins or even like the ICOs back in 2017 compared to investing in like the top 10 or top 20 tokens. Well, Dogecoin is in the top 10, which is a, uh, surprising to say the least, but investing in actual projects that have developers that are uh, integral to the community of crypto is very important. Like, you know, there's a ton of uh, opportunities out there that actually have real world use cases. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't actually partake a little bit of your portfolio in these uh, very lucrative opportunities if they are played right. Um, like I did say, they're very risky to, to, to say the least. But if you are able to have a small amount of your exposure in these massive run-ups, not every single one will be that you know, home run hitter of um, 500x or 1000x or 2000x, but you potentially could have it in that $500 investment or 1000 or even $100 or even less. Um, that's a very small amount invested into these basically not lotto, but it's kind of like gambling at that point um, to, 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 to say it lightly. Uh, but if they do play out, you're able to have an unbelievable risk reward, even if you are compiling all the coins that didn't work versus the one coin that is going to be like a safe moon or a long gate or uh, um, all, all these um, different ones. I can't think of anyone, but um, you're going to have these massive winners that could potentially play out. Doesn't mean that every single one will, but partaking a little bit on whatever the hype is for that particular bull run. This bull run just happened to be meme coins. The previous one was like the ICOs. Uh, IDOs are in this one as well, but then for the next one, we don't know, right? It, NFTs was a little bit earlier. Like that was when the Bitcoin bull run was starting. There was a lot of NFT hype and I think that kind of winded down a little bit and now the hype is on meme coins. So it does change, it evolves, it adapts to whatever people are kind of um, focusing on. But there, in my opinion, will be that kind of hype niche market that novice investors are going to be looking into whatever bull run that there may be in the future. So it doesn't mean that you should go all in on it. Like I definitely don't think so. Having actual real use case projects they're investing into is vital for any portfolio, but having a little bit of exposure in these wild cards that could go up an exorbitant amount would be something that in my opinion, wouldn't be a bad thing in a portfolio. So I think it's a really good spot to end it there. Obviously you have to very uh, be independent, not independent, but I would say it requires for you to completely accept that the money that you invest may be completely gone. Um, once you have that, it's a lot easier for you to not be so short-sighted when you do see the volatility. And hopefully that does give you a little bit more insight as to how to play the longer game, which has been a discussion within our podcast thus far. So thank you very much for tuning in. I will pass the end of the podcast over on to Nathan. Appreciate the time you have taken to tune into the 52nd episode and uh, we wish you the best wherever you may be. Take care.